Welcome to Caramel Chic Radio. Thank you for joining us. Our podcast is about women and inspirational stories. On our show, we talk about life, relationships, and anything else you typically chat about with your friend over a cup of delicious latte. Most importantly, we celebrate life and the simplicity of the everyday living. We want to encourage you, empower you, inspire you, and pull all your heartstrings to remind you that we are flawed yet precious. But we're all in this together. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This episode has been brought to you by Caramel Chic Boutique. Our distinctive collections have been carefully chosen to meet our exquisite taste in fashion, interior design, and beauty. We truly hope to make a difference in your life by offering beautiful products to make shopping just a little bit easier. We know that the world of online stores can sometimes get overwhelming. Let us take the burden of it all and help you find the treasures that you need. Visit us at shopcaramelchic.com Hi and welcome back to Caramel Chic Radio. I am your host, Joanna Sabianek. Today's episode is for all the married ladies, especially the ones that are in our first five-year marriages as I am, and I figured today is a good time to for me to go back and reflect on my own marriage as I am approaching our fourth wedding anniversary on Thursday this week. So I figured it would be a good topic to bring a couple of tips that I can share with you would help me to quote-unquote survive uh, marriage of my own, I use the word survived with a grain of salt because marriage is not something you survive, it's something that you cherish. So I hope that you're sitting comfortably and let's get started. Marriage is hard. Anyone who's been married can tell you that. Yet regardless of what anyone says, We still dream of the perfect wedding or the perfect dress that we fantasize about since we were little girls. Did you ever watch a movie titled Muriel's Wedding? It's a movie about a single girl desperately wanting to get married who randomly walks into um, various bridal salons in a city where she lives and she tries She's trying on brides' uh, dresses, wedding dresses, in every single boutique that she goes into, and she snaps polarized pictures. It looks like she's clearly obsessed about getting married. And it's a really cool movie because it shows what happens when she is desperately trying to get into that dream of hers. And it's funny because if we pay attention we notice that almost every romantic comedy movie in America ends with that sweet, happy ending. And there's always that pivotal moment 
the groom to be does something silly, the girl breaks up with him, ultimately he decides to chase her on a bike through United States just to proclaim his true love for her. Then she forget forgives him and then they get married and they live happily ever after. Or not. <laughs> And that would be the next Hollywood movie where they get happily divorced. And years later, she meets her girlfriends for lunch at a restaurant in Manhattan. She tells them that she's bored with her husband and that she's having an affair with a man 15 years younger than her named Eduardo. I just made that up. <laughs> But that's just to give you an idea. By the way, Eduardo is also her personal trainer. She then gets a divorce, goes to Honolulu to celebrate for like three months because she doesn't really have to work. So I'm sure you've seen those kind of movies. And she goes on to celebrate. But, but my question is, celebrate what? I mean, if you think about it, lies have been shattered Children's hearts have been broken and the entire family has been put in disarray. What is there to celebrate? And my question for you is, why does Hollywood celebrate the misery of brokenness and dysfunction nowadays? Hmm. That's something to ponder about. Nonetheless, that is the manual of marriage that most women get from the American movies. And this is what I have observed. I think that we live in a very romanticized society with a contradictory and disposable way of looking at relationships. And I think that nobody is talking about what is really going on. So when strangers are asked how was their wedding day, they say that it was the most beautiful day of their lives. Like from a fairy tale, yes, even better. Disney had nothing on us. We were just flying on a pink cloud the entire wedding day, eating bonbons, singing songs, strolling through spring meadows and colorful blossoms. Everything was just perfect. It was like a fairy tale, a dream. And then it all goes on social media for others to view, like it, and envy. But Nobody's talking about how your third cousin was having sex with a bartender because she had too much to drink. Stress. Or how your grandmother took too much volume and fell asleep in her underpants in the hotel lobby. More stress. Or how your when your dress ripped in half right before the ceremony and nobody's talking about that. Double stress. Or that cake your mother-in-law insisted on ordering from a custom home baker, which had ants in it. Stress. Panic. Hyperventilation. Oh, wait. I think that was part of my own wedding. <laughs> Double hyperventilation. By all means, don't get me wrong. I am not against marriage. I love marriage. I believe in marriage. However, it is really not like Muriel thought. That movie I was just talking about. 
she thought that all you need is the wedding and the white dress and all your problems will be solved. And I think that she thought that her partner can fix all of her issues. And that's not going to happen. You cannot fix him by getting married to him and he cannot fix you. Things will not magically disappear from the radar because the deal has been sealed with an elaborate wedding. And Muriel found out the hard way. She got married for the shits and giggles, as they say. She thought getting married was the answer to all of her life's dilemmas. She ended up getting divorced just as quickly as she got married. And all that was left was a plastic Hallmark photo album made in China and a couple of small press photos from Sydney media. I think her dad was an Australian politician. Well, I don't know if anyone is willing to admit this, but I will. My own wedding was very stressful. I was so stressed out that I felt like my makeup was going to roll down my face and my eyeballs were going to sink back in my eye sockets. All this right before the photographer showed up early to take pictures of me getting dressed, which I was opposed to anyway. And as he decided to poke his intrusive camera everywhere, he annoyed the crap out of me. (laughs) He was a nice guy, but still, when all I wanted to do is be left alone and breathe while I was doing my own makeup. So don't get me wrong, our wedding day was a successful event and I loved it, but I felt like I just wanted the party to be over and I couldn't wait to get back to our hotel suite to relax in the quiet with my uh, husband. And if anyone says that weddings are all about the bride, they're completely wrong. The groom, well, my husband-to-be was just as stressed out as I was. I don't even remember talking to him too much during our wedding. Just too much was going on. Karima Chic is a listener-supported radio. Show your gratitude for our work by supporting us on our host site at anchor.fm. We thank you for your support. So when it came to my own wedding, I think for us, the happiest moment was at 10 o'clock in the morning the next day, following our wedding day when the two of us were eating simple breakfast at the hotel while confirming flights for our honeymoon in Greece. Very simple yet happy moment for a girl like me. In the long run, I've learned that the first year of marriage is when the real work on the relationship begins. If you make it in the first year, you will gain the insights on how to survive the second year, which entails when you have more hard work to do. Isn't that exciting? Somebody who's probably planning their wedding right now, they're, they're like turning me off right now. They want to listen to it. <laughs> But I am talking the truth. I am talking the reality, ladies. And um, it's not all bad things. It's just based on my own experiences. Um, But I'm just, I like to talk about the way things are. I don't like to sugarcoat things. And I promise you, it does get better. 
I am still married, am I not? And I truly love it. I really do love being married, even though we have our ups and downs. There's always that uh, shining light, a rainbow, uh, when things kind of pass away, when the bad things pass away. To me, marriage is a unique form of relationship like no other. And I think it should be cherished globally. It's a special union that evolves with time and it never stops evolving. You never stop learning. Did you ever see that movie? I know I'm always talking about movies because I'm such a movie buff, but I have to go there again. There's a movie with Jack Nicholson titled As Good As It, as Good as it Gets. And he says something very interesting. He says, you make me want to be a better man. I kind of want to say that to my husband and say to him, you make me want to be a better woman. Because of all the things that happen in a relationship, you're living for compromise. And to me, marriage is never 50-50. Sometimes it's 90-10 and sometimes it's 30-70. It really depends and it does make you want to be a better person. So I promised you some tips of my own to share with you. And here's tip number one. Are you listening? Are you still with me? <laughs> I hope you are. My tip number one is don't try to change your partner, him or her. It will really blow up in your face. And I assure you, because I tried, so I'm speaking from experience, instead focus on changing yourself. Be happy now and set good example, and then the other half will eventually follow. And this works both ways. And here's a little tangent again to, to kind of illustrate what, what I'm talking about. Uh, you know Mother Teresa, I'm sure everybody knows her. There was a once a man who came up to Mother Teresa and he said, Mother, with all your wisdom, please tell us, how can we change the world? Mother Teresa looked in the man's eyes, smiled, and she replied, Dear so-and-so, whatever his name was, why don't you change yourself first and then I change myself first? And together, that's how we change the world. Tip number two. Praise your other half for even the smallest things they do. If he fixed the sink, tell him how wonderful he is for that. If she made you a mustard and white bread jail sandwich, tell her that it was the best sandwich you ever ate. Men especially love getting praise for what they do. This is tried and tested, ladies, and it's still operational. When I tell my husband that coffee tastes better when he makes it on Sunday, I have coffee in bed every morning on Sunday, next to my nose, if I am asleep. So this action followed by a praise equals more action, which then results in happiness. Very simple. Tip number three, don't insist under all circumstances to always talk about feelings. From my experience, I've learned that men don't like to talk about feelings. 
and this has been known since a long, long time ago. I think that um, if you do that, you're running the risk of formulating dangerous baseline for an argument, and you do want to save yourself stress um, from doing that. Instead, the next time you talk, uh, you take a walk with your husband, casually and quickly mention what you're feeling using terms like I feel, I think, I this, I that. It's very important to use I, so this way we're not projecting things on him. And he doesn't feel attacked, but feels like he can be helpful to you. And then if you don't use the terms you you this, you that, you always, you never, you're better off because if you do, it creates resentment from the other side and makes you look like a victim. It also blocks empathy from the other side because they end up feeling guilty. So always end the feeling chat on a positive note and remember that men like to solve problems and fix things. I used to didn't know that. I used to just wanted to talk and didn't understand that every time I was talking about my problems, my husband would just quickly wanted to come up with a solution. But this is how men are wired. So he will probably not listen to you much anyway because he will go straight to finding a solution. And you didn't want a solution in the first place, did you? You just wanted to be heard. So this is where I found women are different from men. We like to be heard. We don't necessarily want a solution, but men are always trying to provide one. So if we just say to them, hey, you know, I just want you to listen to me and I don't need you to solve anything, he will do that. He will do that because he loves you and he wants to make you happy. And here's a bonus tip. Practice communication sandwich. Bread meat bread. So this is the communication sandwich. This is what it looks like. Tell him something nice or tell her something nice, which is bread. Tell them the things that you want to address. That's meat. And then tell them something nice again. That's bread again. Very simple, very easy, but really, really effective. You'll be surprised when you apply that to actually any situation with your friends or relatives. It changes the whole delivery on what you're trying to communicate completely. Try it and test it. And here's an example. Because some of you might not really know how to incorporate this yet. I will present one for you. Honey, it's great how you love your grandmother and always want to help her on Sundays. Bread. But I feel that we should spend Sundays together more often. Meat. You're such a family man. Bread. And then you hug. Okay. Tip number four, spell it out for him. Men are not mind readers as some women think and as I used to think. They don't understand when we pout and have and make faces. They don't. They're very simple creatures and they have a linear way of thinking. Like a straight line as opposed to us where there is an electrical wire system and nobody can figure it out. For example, if you want him to take out the garbage every night, 
don't sit there and pout. He's not going to know. He's not going to be able to figure it out. Just ask. Ask nicely. It's very simple. A lot of times I'll share a secret with you. A lot of, and this is stuff that I've just learned over the years. This is like going to the gym and flexing the muscle. You can't see learning. If I don't want to wash the dishes or do something, I don't just kind of attack him and say, why don't you do the dishes or why don't you do that? I don't, I don't say that anymore because I've learned from a couple of wiser, older women than myself to say it nicely and say it kind of like, well, you know, honey, I really am so tired. I just don't think that I can manage doing this and that or washing the dishes or picking this up or buying this. And if I put it that way, that they can be helpful and they can help me, it changes everything in perspective. It changes everything. So try that. I tried and it really works. And a little bonus insert here. If you don't like that he's looking at other women while you walk down the street, and I'm sure many of you have dealt with that as I've talked to other women about this and they told me that they do even with the unmarried women instead of being in a bad mood about it and expecting him to read your mind ask him nicely not to do it otherwise he will be um I don't want to say a bad word but he will be and choose your own word here and he will keep on doing it I mean person whatever And he will do it just to get your attention. That's why they look anyway. Took me a whole year to figure that out. If he keeps on doing it, just ignore him. He's probably temporarily turning back into his caveman mode. And I guarantee you, it will pass. He will eventually get bored of it and stop because he's not getting any reaction from you. I promise. I've dealt with this. It was painful. But I got through it and once in a while he slips, I do the same thing and and it works. But if I only just go back to my old ways and start pouting and and causing um, kind of like a scene about it, it it doesn't work. It doesn't work because they like the, the attention. So this is it, ladies. I hope that this was helpful to you. Let me know your thoughts and comments. And if you would like more tips on how to survive your first couple of years of marriage in the 21st century, then drop me a note. I hope that you can use at least some of the tips that I shared or, I don't know, maybe share them with your husband and maybe you can even listen to this podcast together. We truly hope that we've earned a five-star review from you. And if we did, kindly take a few seconds to review us on Anchor.fm on any of your favorite listening stations. Thank you again. If you like what you heard, don't forget to share, comment, or follow us on our blog at caramelchic.com or Instagram and Facebook. Or share this episode with your friends and family. You can find all the social handles on our website at caramelchic.com.